You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. In order to help a patient effectively relieve stress, it's important to understand not only the external events around them, but also what goes on internally during stress. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable, and I'm your host, Dr. Laura Humphrey. With me today is Dr. Bruce Wilson, Clinical Associate Professor at the Medical College of Wisconsin and President of Wilson Heart Care Associates in Milwaukee. He also opened and directed the University of Pittsburgh Heart Institute and was the past director of the cardiac care service at the University of Minnesota Hospitals. Dr. Wilson is medical director of HeartMath, Inc., an evidence-based treatment program for cardiac rehabilitation and stress management. Welcome, Dr. Wilson. Thank you very much. Today we're discussing the HeartMath approach to managing hypertension and stress. Please explain to us what is HeartMath. HeartMath is actually a series of tools used to respond to stress in the moment. The tools were derived from some very elegant research done in the early 1990s showing the very abundant connections between the heart and the brain that we never knew about before. In summary, these connections from heart to brain are very interesting because the heart signal turns out to be about 50 times as powerful, electrically speaking, in electrical amplitude, as the brain signal. Heart signals travel up to the brain in far greater abundance than the signals coming back down from the brain. And finally, we've learned that there are about 40,000 neurons, brain cells, if you will, in the human heart. And there's a lot of information going from heart to brain that we never thought about before. It turns out that the heart signal comes up and not only affects the responses out of the brain stem, which are survival responses, but also affects our emotional centers in the brain and our limbic system and our cortical function in the brain, which is where we make fancy decisions about running a company or managing patients or learning Spanish or physics. So it turns out quite surprisingly that brain function is very powerfully affected by the signal coming out of our heart, which in the past we thought was just coordinating our heartbeat, and that turns out not to be true. What is the HeartMath approach then? What are some of these tools? There are a series of tools which can be very quickly taught to anybody. The HeartMath tools were originally developed in the early 1990s for school children with test anxiety. The original intent of HeartMath was to get into the education system because many kids are perfectly smart but get test anxiety and can't pass a test. And if you live in a state where there's a state high school graduation examination, for example, and you can't pass it, then the rest of your life is relegated to menial types of tasks, and the psychological and health consequences of that have been made obvious through research studies. So that's how it actually got started. Once we found that we could teach this to children quite easily by using heart rate variability technology, we could fashion tools that would switch this very dominant heart signal and therefore switch all sorts of hormonal responses in our system and switch our cortical brain function into a higher level or a zone, if you will. We started teaching this in corporations all over the globe. We've had programs in Fortune 100 and 500 companies on five continents. More than 50,000 people have been trained in the HeartMath tools. And then in 1997, when I happened upon HeartMath, looking for a method to help my cardiac patients reduce their stress and therefore have fewer cardiac events and live longer, I really just tripped on this. Someone handed me an article and said, what is this heart mass stuff? You're a heart doctor. And I had never heard of them. When I read the article and then called the people at the HeartMath Institute in Boulder Creek, California, and said, I would love to come out and look at your laboratory and see what you're doing, 
they made arrangements for me to do just that. And when I got there and saw what they were doing, I said, well, this belongs in regular old medicine. You have found a very significant connection that you can very easily alter, and we should get to work on cardiac patients and patients with hypertension. And along the way, we've done some very interesting work with PTSD, for example, with depression, anxiety, diabetes, asthma, and other conditions. One study I'll quote quickly just to let you know how widespread this has become. We did a study a couple of years ago with prison guards in Southern California. Now, if you can imagine your job being that of a prison guard, I think you could understand what stress in the workplace is really about. As physicians, we certainly all feel stressed, and many of us feel burnt out either completely or partially. But a prison guard would be a really horrible job. And in fact, the healthcare expenditures in correctional officers is very high. It turns out to be very high in ministers and pastors also. And it's related to this care overdose sort of situation where you're always sending care to people and no one's taking care of you. But we found interestingly in a, in a study of correctional officers in Southern California that after they learned these tools and practiced them for a very short time, their serum cholesterols went down, their LDL cholesterols went down, their glucose went down, and their systolic and diastolic blood pressures went down. And lo and behold, the prison system in California calculated a $700 per employee per year reduction in healthcare expenditures. So this is just a little sampling of where we're going with this and what might come. We're currently working with lots of other institutions, the Cleveland Clinic, the Mayo Clinic, Duke University, Stanford University, the University of North Carolina, to develop programs and research so that we might be able to use this stress reduction technology in many disorders. And if you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Laura Humphrey, and we're speaking today with Dr. Bruce Wilson, who's the medical director for HeartMath, Inc., an evidence-based treatment program for cardiac rehabilitation, stress management, hypertension, and all types of stress management. We're talking about the HeartMath approach and how it works today. What's involved with these tools? How is it that people learn to alter their coherence of their heart rate? Well, the tools, again, are derived from laboratory-based observations. And using heart rate variability as a tool, we can see that the heart is actually singing into our brain and the rest of our system a song that sets the controls. I say song, it's not really a song, but it's a physiologic signal, and people can understand this business of singing a song into the system better than uh, me trying to explain it physiologically. But when we understand that there are only two patterns of heart rate variability coming from this very dominant signal, the heart signal, when the stress signal is being sung in, it is very different from what we might call the zone song being sung in. It's very efficient. So using heart rate variability, the researchers at the Institute of Heart Math in the early 90s were able to take certain things that were common to many techniques and just experiment with them. The most basic tool is called quick coherence because that's what we're looking for, the coherent signal coming into the system from the heart. So the coherent signal can be generated very quickly by a couple of quick steps that I'd be happy to describe for the listeners in general terms now so you can see how easy this is. I wouldn't suggest that people do this while they're driving, although you can do it when you're driving very easily, but these are taught in seminar format so people can understand the steps and learn how to use them in stepwise fashion. The first step in quick coherence would be to focus on your heart. 
if you realize that the heart is sending a very dominant signal into the system, you want to focus on that and use that signal. It's just a simple focusing technique. It's common in many meditative forms. And simply to place one's attention in the area around the heart in the center of the chest. The second step we call heart breathing so that we can make it easy for people. And the heart breathing step involves a couple of things. One, imagining that you're breathing in and out through your heart in the center of your chest. And you have to imagine that because you can't do that. So imagine that you're breathing in and out through your heart and sort of in your mind's eye, you see your breath coming in and out through your heart. The second step involved in heart breathing is to slow your breathing down. This is a paced breathing technique, again, borrowed from a number of meditative techniques that have been around for many years. And we slow the breathing down so we breathe into a count of five and breathe out to a count of five. Again, we slow the breathing down so that we imagine it coming in through our heart to a count of five or six and then out to a count of five or six. And in our mind's eye, we try to see that happening. So that just takes a couple of seconds to do that. And with those two steps, we can change the heart rate variability based signal from the heart going into the system very quickly. The third step has to do with positive emotion. And there is abundant medical data that shows us that positive emotion has a very positive outcome in our systems. And so we invoke positive emotion by simply asking someone to think about somebody or something that they really love or appreciate or have gratitude for. So it might be your spouse or one of your children or a pet or your best golf shot ever, anything that makes you feel great when you remember it. So again, quick coherence can happen in just a couple of seconds. And the steps are heart focus to center your attention in the area and around your heart in the middle of your chest, to breathe slowly five seconds in and five seconds out and imagine that breath coming in and out through your heart. And third of all, invoking a positive emotional state by just remembering something you really love or an event in your life that really makes you feel great. And those three things not only change the heart signal up into the brain and therefore change cortical function in your brain, but they change that whole cascade of hormones characterized by cortisol secretion, etc., we now know there are 1,400 of those reactions. And this whole cascade of hormones turns around. And we've found with very little practice, for example, in people learning this technique in one day, that if we just have them practice, we don't even check on them, they can lower their blood pressure by a number of points in a matter of 30 to 60 days. And a number of other health consequences will reverse also. And so have there been research studies done that examine the effectiveness of these simple and yet profound techniques? Yes, we do have a couple of well-developed research studies, and we're in the process now of taking a number of pilot studies that we have and partnering with large academic institutions around the country to provide research that's longer term. Another study that I might tell you about very briefly is a study in type 2 diabetics where we taught people the heart math tools, quick coherence being one of them, and had them practice, and we found a very strong correlation between the amount of time they practice the tools, and their hemoglobin A1C levels. And you mentioned that this is one of the HeartMath tools. What are some of the others? The HeartMath tools are based on this quick coherence tool that we've just talked about. We want to generate quick coherence in the system. So there's a tool called Neutral, which is really just the first two steps of quick coherence. In other words, heart focus, heart breathing. That is a very quick tool you can do anytime. And when you catch yourself about to respond to a situation in your old way, in a way that's about to bring you more stress. And physicians have a habit of this type of behavior. We hate to admit that, but in fact, culturally, we've adopted some sort of bad behaviors. So neutral 
where you just stop and focus your attention there in the middle of your chest and breathe in and out through your heart, if you will, in your imagination. That will quite often stop you from reacting in a way that will bring you more stress. That's called neutral. When we add a positive emotion to that, when we remember a time in our lives that was really special to us, those positive emotions tend to have some impact on these hormonal changes, which come a little bit later. And in the process of doing that, we can achieve any number of things. The quick coherence tool is all three of those steps. Now that we know where the switch is and we know how to throw it, now that we can do that, we can apply that to other situations. So one of the other tools from HeartMath involves throwing that switch and applying it to a problem that's been a recurrent annoyance to us. I want to thank you, Dr. Bruce Wilson, for being our guest today. We've been discussing HeartMath and its approach to stress reduction and cardiac rehabilitation and hypertension. I'm Dr. Laura Humphrey. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.